Sick. Right? Sick, alright. The only thing I will say about the election is this episode, uh, the day this episode comes out, we may not know who actually won yet. And you know what? In 2020. The, the day this episode comes out? Yeah. I, I imagine that over the weekend. I mean, you would hope, right? Straightened out. You would hope, right? For the right? most part. Yeah. So th- those of us who, or no, I suppose it comes out. Late Monday, Tuesday, whenever it depends right. on when I edit. But on the day of recording, we, we still don't have we had don't know. results. But. but I don't know. Yesterday is probably the least stressful election day of my life because I just went to work. I voted after work. Uh, there was barely any lines, so that was fun. That was nice. Hmm. Went to mass, came home, made dinner, drank a beer, and played video games. And it was good. That was, sounds like a, a good quality day in my book. Yeah, it was rather surprising. I was like, you know what? I voted, I did what I could, and now I'm just going to give the country to God, and it'll it'll smooth sailing from here. So, And then work and was... we out. also may not know until December what the final result is, because a, a lot of states are actually not mandating that you have your ballot in until December. It's just... Oh. What, what a, what a ah. crap show. That is. Hmm. Oh well, I, the one Given thing we the circumstances, <laughs> it's not all that outlandish of an idea. But yeah, no. I mean, nothing is an outlandish idea anymore. In in current in year, current year. <laughs> in present in present day twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, vanity of vanities! Everything <laughs> is vanity. Low key, Ecclesiastes is probably one of my favorite books of the Old Testament. Just, just a salty guy being salty. Of yeah, course, it's just a guy going on a salty rant. I'm like, you know what? I can relate to this. <laughs> this is this guy. This guy gets it. <laughs> um, it's funny. It's funny how election day was like the least stressful day of my week, and then now just work is everything is heating up. Like it'll all calm down by the end of next week. I'll hopefully have these projects finished and sent out. <laughs> But when you have to make multiple revisions and you're still waiting on content and you just want to get the dang thing done because you've been working on it for two months and I'm sick of looking at it, um, it'd be nice to finish it. But come the holiday season, life should be a lot more chill. So well, I'll probably is... be complaining about being bored then. Well, it's North Dakota. It will be but yeah, it'll definitely more chill. Be it was a whopping 73 degrees today. I, it's like, I think that might be the first time that you guys have been warmer than we have i know and it's weird i don't ever remember we've had like warm days in november december but i don't ever remember it being in the 70s things in heating november. up this election season i see yeah <laughs> boy it was nice yeah, we were we were in like the 60s today but so, i called my mom because it's her birthday today mm-hmm. and she's like oh yeah it was 74 out and i'm like what what uh-huh. <laughs> We haven't done uh, that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. It feels nice. Uh, uh, I mean, our listeners are probably like, I oh, don't know. <laughs> they remembered. Or or doing it along with us. You never know. Since one of one of the two listeners is 
probably doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As he's listening to it. Um, gosh. I, uh, speaking of annoying things, um, over Halloween, I went to a gathering at uh, Newman House. And we played uh, Bodies, 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 which is basically Mafia slash Among Us, but you actually walk around and physically kill. I know. I was thinking that the entire time. (laughs) I did it once and nobody acknowledged it. I was disappointed. But welcome to uh, my my world. (laughs) (laughs) All around me are familiar faces. But um, oh shoot. I was, I was I was I was telling a little story there. What Speaking was it? Of annoying oh, right, 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 right. And so we were playing signs, or well, just in general, playing games. And I started saying I lost the game, and all the roommates of one of our listeners are like, "No, please, we hear this all the time. We have a house rule that there's got to be at least ten minutes between you saying that." It's like that's not how the game works. The so universal rule it, of the game it. is that it's a half hour between losses. Yeah. But, oh well. So made it happen. Um, gosh. Oh. There was... Uh, I don't know. What's, what's new with you, Nathan? Well, uh, I was going to go home for the Halloween weekend, but I had a younger brother who was sick, and we're like, hmm maybe don't mm-hmm. and so I, I i drove back to to my hometown regardless because i had to go vote i did the scariest possible thing on halloween yeah so <laughs> vote. I, yeah i went and voted early then i came back and you were there for what i did at the party yep so i was there at the party with i was like i was there for the whole long time because they like yeah, savings time I, was... I had an actual well they had food they also had food. <laughs> that is entirely true. And like, <laughs> Charlie, our buddy, made these bacon wrapped cheese and steak bites, like on toothpicks, which is mm, so good. Great stuff. But aside from that, I've got a um, uh, writing assignment I'm kind of cramming for right about now, uh, because you know, I have other things that feel more pressing, like mm-hmm. you know, equations I can get finished and have an end then submit them by a time because I have them weekly. This has been rolling up for weeks, and it's like I'm a little bit of a procrastinator, I will admit. Um, and so now I'm kind of cramming a little bit, but eh, such is Figured college, out. I suppose, if you yeah. don't manage it perfectly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a minimum eight-page paper that's due on Tuesday that I essentially haven't started, so... <laughs> I, I I don't feel. I, I think bad I've anymore. got you beat on that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is an eight-page paper, but I mean, just just under a week. That's not terrible. It's not ideal, but that's not horrible. It can be. It can be done. Yeah. It'll probably eat up my entire Saturday. But I have confidence done. in your abilities. Speaking of procrastinating, I've also been playing our roommate Colton's copy of Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, yeah. That has been a very That's fun been kind of fun to watch. Quite delightful. Um, I, I think uh, of, of the 3D Mario games, it wouldn't be a bad one to start with for you. Yeah. I mean, also Sunshine and Galaxy and 64, they're all good. Did mm-hmm. you end up getting the uh, 3D All-Stars collection, Nathan? I did. I did get And okay. I played Mario 64 for the first time uh, completely, all 120 stars. Uh, so that was that was fun. 
It was hard. In about was, like a week. Not a week. <laughs> okay, two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I I can slam games when I don't have anything else. In really remarkably little time. Like it, uh, two weeks with about maybe, I don't know, a couple hours a day. Yeah. Get a you couple. can just knock it out. I mean, Mario 64 isn't a 40-hour game by any means. It took no, me no. a long time to finish Dark Souls comparatively. Yeah, that's true. So it's like, and that, and then, that game took me 60 hours. And Celeste and different more. things. Right, so it, it depends on the game, and Mario 64 isn't... Mario 64 is like the the first venture into 3D for Mario. So if you've played any of the other 3D Mario games, it's it's much easier. Right. It was the first iteration of the experiment. And, and so, so kind of everything that it's about transfers right, skill-wise so from the other ones. I had played Sunshine was my first 3D Mario, and I had also played Galaxy, which is a really good one. Uh, so going back to 64, there was like a lot of things that's like, oh yeah, I appreciate what this game did, but also it's a, a little clunky going back to it in it's the current from year. From what, 1996? Uh, I believe that might be the year, yeah. Okay. So a little bit... Uh, Donkey Kong 64 was... 97, I believe. Okay, so maybe maybe Mario 64. It's around that time. But yeah. Was that a side-scroller? No, Donkey it was Kong 64? 3D. No, it was uh, done by the same guys that did Banjo-Kazooie. So oh, sure. It was another 3D collecting platformer game. Gotcha. 120 bananas, incidentally. Uh-huh. Another um, Nintendo news, Nathan and I tried the Hyrule Warriors demo. Yeah. With co-op, which was pretty fun. Yeah. I was impressed. I didn't think it was really going to be... I thought it was It was basically... Hack and slash Zelda? Yeah, but I mean which like... it was. But it still felt like you were playing Breath of the Wild and just mowing down enemies. It didn't... The, but, like, I mean, it's faster paced for sure. You can do a lot more damage in one hit. It's satisfying in a different way, but it's... it's I don't know. It still manages to keep the atmosphere. I, I think did a really good job of transferring... Like the the core gameplay loop is very much that uh, that Koei Tecmo uh, Dynasty Warriors experience, mm-hmm. but everything around it is so steeped in Breath of the Wild's influences. Like mm-hmm. it, you you, it just feels like they they tried their darndest to make it fit in as well as possible seamlessly into the world of the original, mm-hmm. and so it really shows. Like it it exudes Breath of the Wild in in like its presentation and in all the little. Like every level has a couple Koroks you can find, and like all the weapons, there's crafting and cooking elements to it. In like the there's side modes. quote unquote side quests, but those are more like, do you, did you collect the items? Okay, and then you do this little thing and you get this upgrade. You, you unlock. It. You don't actually physically go into something; you do it from the map. I but mean, which could, I kind of appreciate sometimes, like side quests, you can get kind of bogged down in. Which, but, if you don't have the materials, you could go back into a level and grind for that thing, and then yeah. go back to it. Which is kind of more of that Dynasty Warriors influences. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and it's also uh, just fun, particularly in co-op. I, I can imagine like uh, navigating the uh, the later stages as it gets harder. It's uh, definitely a demo because there are moments when you're doing co-op when you're fighting, I don't know, like probably what, 200 enemies or something like that. It's, it's it lags a little bit. But I mean, it's also the Switch. True. Doesn't have the highest processing power in the world. It, it, but in single player, it didn't drop a single frame when you were doing the yeah. tutorial level. I think that's where it probably will work the best. But I, I also think it's the most fun with another person. Side play. The, the demo had about an hour, like the first kind of oh, yeah. intro section. For Zelda lore stuff, it added some really interesting 
I'm not sure how I feel about the time travel elements and stuff. Yeah. But it's precedented in Zelda lore. Well, yeah. But I think it, w- the precedent it set in Zelda wo- lore messes up the timeline. And it's like. Which was already messed up. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, um, I'm interested to see how that pans out. I'm not sure if I'm going to get it at launch or if I'm going to wait until. Well, it won't go on sale on Black Friday or anything. I yeah. Think. Unless but, they surprise us. Who knows? I don't know. Anyway. Cool stuff. Looking forward to seeing more. That'll be yeah. That'll be fun to pick up later. In other game what's, what's, news, uh, I uh, played there the Star Wars Battlefront Two, which has been out for the new one has been out for I don't know like two years at this point, but it was on sale, like the whole thing. So I got it, played it. It was actually pretty fun. Apparently, the campaign is canon, which I don't know is a good enough story. Um, it plays a lot like the old one, but less clunky. So I actually kind of enjoyed it and over the over the couple of years of development or whatever they got rid of like the, there's a whole microtransactions controversy and stuff like that but i don't know i kind of i kind of enjoyed it it was i was a fan of the original battlefront 2 so this one was uh was sort of a good homage and added some valuable gameplay elements and it was just it was just kind of fun wouldn't have got it full price i also got um and maybe this will merit an episode we'll see uh what also was on sale was um, Jedi or you know the Fallen Order. Game. You got Fallen Order, nice. I did, yeah. It was half off. That that that'll be your first experience of a Souls like. Yeah, that uh, that I have heard. I've heard it's so, kind of pulls like influence from Dark Souls slash Breath of the Wild it, in some. It'll ways. make your transition to playing Dark Souls easier. You'll be used to it. Yeah, because you will play Dark Souls. At some someday. point, <laughs> someday. Yeah, we'll see. But it is not this day. It's when not you this when day. you become, a tr- it will be a rite of passage to become a true gamer. A true, <laughs> <laughs> a true gamer. Well, that and I have to play Skyrim. Skyrim is like something you can sit on forever and not exhaust because it. it's pretty like, timeless. Well, and yeah. a, t- a time sink it, as well. It's not like you've got to beat Skyrim to be a real gamer. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is like play Skyrim. You just have to experience it, because that's what it is. Yeah. It's really an experience, <clears throat> not so much an obstacle to be conquered. Yeah. But let me know when you finish uh, Fallen Order, because I'm, I'm going to want to do a playthrough of that at some yeah. point, too. And also, no spoilers, because I don't like those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll maybe, let Maybe it. you'll get to hover over my shoulder and laugh at my <laughs> yes. misfortunes as I... Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll... Well, a, you have a Steam controller? I don't know. Okay. I had an Xbox One, but I left it at home so uh, okay. my siblings Maybe. could play some of my Steam games. Gotcha. If you want to do it on controller, well, we can do it that way. Um, the characters in the story we're about to talk about also had some great obstacles to overcome. And they're also siblings. Yeah. So there you go. We're the Palladium Papists. I'm James. I'm Nathan. And I'm Riley. Today, we are talking about something. This show is actually more or less... I don't know. This show is what got us started on our media conversations. Like the whole idea is like, you know, we should do a podcast someday. And, you know, I think it would be a good episode for a podcast. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, the uh, anime. Um, so roughly a year and a half actually after actually finishing. Or was it about a year? A little more than a year and a half or whatever. We finished it while I was still living at the men's. No, we finished it right after we moved into our new house. Yeah. I think that was like well, one of the first the show. Yeah. 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 But we, we watched... started doing the podcast like six months after that. 
Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, we had to wait until roughly six months into the podcast to actually review it. But here we are. So, Full Metal Alchemist, Alchemist Brotherhood. No, what, okay. What is uh, is set in? What's the name of the country again? A mistress. A mistress. Yes. Um, in this world, you um, it's it's sort of a vaguely European 18th century civilization. I would and say it. It in feels this country, more like you a have uh, people who James. Are, what he was talking. I, oh, I, sorry, my my headphones. Your headphone out. bugging out again. Yep. Um, yeah, I would say it's more like an early 20th century, technologically, because they have cars, they have jeeps. Yeah, that's got. true. It feels like, like it, but it also doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It also feels vaguely futury, but that's also because they have alchemy and so. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like. Vaguely, it's very hard to pin down the time. Which it's but, not steampunk, but it's kind of like a gilded age punk. <laughs> yeah, a gilded age punk. That's a that's a good way to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this country, you have these people called alchemists who can manipulate matter to make different shapes and do different things and whatnot uh, by connecting with the energy and so forth and rearranging matter more or less how it works. Kind of, sort of. Yeah, kind of, kind of earthbending almost. <laughs> yeah, basically everyone's an earthbender in this world. Well, not Except everyone. everyone that's can be. Right, I mean, all the alchemists are earthbenders more or less. But then you got the fire alchemist and you've got the... the they all have their like unique shtick that they... Right. That they, they're all, they all specialize in different things. Yeah. Um, so in this country, you have two young boys, uh, Edward and Alphonse Elric who um, their father left when they were very young. They're, they don't really know why. Um, and their what mother you... uh, becomes terminally ill and dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and since they, their father taught them a little bit of alchemy, they're like, you know what? We miss her so much. Let's, you know, I bet if we put all the matter that a human body is comprised of together and do this special thing I found in a book we could bring our mother back and make a, a human body. Welp, this goes horribly wrong because mm-hmm. something that'll be, you know, pretty central in the whole, st- in the whole, um, in the whole world in the show is you don't want to mess with human life. So they do this thing. And also there's this idea of the conservation of matter and energy, yes. right? Yep. Where, you know, you can't, lose gain or lose matter you can only change form you can't or gain exchange. or lose life as well you must make an exchange right and so in exchange for trying to bring this thing to life uh edward loses his arm, arm and, and a leg and, and alphonse loses his entire body yep but edward before alphonse's soul completely dissipates uh traps him in a suit of armor mm-hmm. using a uh alchemy seal Yep, um, which will maintain his connection with the physical world as long as this physical seal exists. Mm-hmm. So if you destroy the seal, you serve his connection, and you're gonzo. Um, so that happens. And these kids are young, so like it's just a horrible experience. And then the government alchemists show up, and they're like, what the hell happened here? Or what the heck happened here? Uh, it's okay. It's okay. We are, yeah. we are allowed to do one naughty word per podcast. Yeah. You're at, you're at your limit. Not like catching foxes. You're at foxes. your limit, boy. Not, you're not on like, thin ice. <laughs> bucko. It's not like catching foxes where they'll just go off. But 
like the podcast. I, I mean, just... we we could be that. We would just have to change our iTunes designation. But yeah, regardless, continue. Oh, well. Um, the government shows up and is like, okay, these kids are uh, did something really messed up, so I have to keep an eye on them. But they're also talented alchemists, so we should sort of try to. Um, because the the government sort of manages the alchemists and they are technically like a part of the army and whatnot. So they take them in and, you know, teach them alchemy and things like that. And eventually they become um, like fully licensed alchemists, even though they're still like teenagers at this point. So their main, uh, Edward and Alphonse, their main driving force. They're, another thing too, because of this mystical experience, Normally, you have to draw what's called a transmutation circle on the um, on something that you intend to manipulate. Edward can make this by folding his hands together. It can make a transmutation circle basically between his hands and then touch something and transmute it instead of drawing the circle all the way out like most people have to do. Um, so, yeah, they're talented alchemists. They uh, get their licensing and stuff, and they set out to try to figure out a way to get Alphonse's body back. And that's kind of the main, um, that's kind of how, you know, the main, their main goal in the show. Right. Because when you are a suit of armor, you can't really have human physical experiences like touch Mm -hmm. or taste. Yeah. And as they explore the country, meet people and like try to learn different things about alchemy and how to get the body back, um they uh they start to notice things are a little off with their country um now emestris had got into a war kind of uh, quite a few to be exact yeah but one particular where they wiped out an entire country i'm trying to remember what the name of the uh country was um that they they conquered um yeah, it was. Uh, I'm looking at <laughs> Jing? No, wait, no. Jing is. No. That's a different empire. The Earth. Ishvalan. Ishval. Ish- Ishval. They Ishval. basically annihilated the country of Ishval um, under the leadership of the uh, Fuhrer. Which. They, uh, didn't, they didn't kill everyone, but they sort of. It was a pretty they decimated it. Con- con- conquering of the mm-hmm. place. Yeah. And this was, saw extensive use of alchemists. And so the state alchemists are all kind of, to varying degrees, scarred by what they did. I mean, they're trying to deal with it in their own ways. Yeah. Um, Most of them, anyway. Yeah. And then a lot of because it involved a lot of highly unethical destruction of human life and right. different things that happened in the war. And of course you have a lot of people in Ishval who are bitter about the whole thing and mm-hmm. a lot of prejudice against Ishval people by the people in Amestris. So mm-hmm. it's like there's a and lot of tension versa. there. Yep. Um, but the boys start to notice there's something a little off. Um, there's eventually um, these creatures called homunculi show up and they're like crazy powerful um, and they, they each each of the ones they encounter have like these otherworldly abilities like you know shape shifting or like the ability to eat very large things just regenerate from regeneration things like that and um this is all kind of happening in the background and this imply there's some sort of conspiracy that goes all the way to the top with this so it's pretty sketch 
but another character they encounter over the over time is uh is this one Ishvalan guy who is also a sort of alchemist but he, alchemy involves creation or destruction and creation in right, a sort of loop so you destroy something and remake it into something else this guy his whole deal is he stops on the destruction side of things and his whole mission is to one by one systematically wipe out <clears throat> the alchemists as a sort of reckoning for what they did to his country. And he's got like these destructive alchemy circles tattooed all across one arm. So mm-hmm. like he touches a, a thing and it just disintegrates into mm-hmm. it, he Thanos snaps it by touching it. <laughs> so he kind of makes repeat appearances throughout the show. Scar. Um, that's a guy. Scar. Name. He's got yep, this great big X shaped scar across his face. Left over from the war. Um, where he lost his whole family, especially his brother, who was into alchemy. Um, so, yeah, they. Another. There's some other characters they meet along the way. There's Colonel Mustang, who's sort of keeping, the, keeping an eye on the boys. And then, He's let's the fire see. Fire Alchemist, right? Yeah, the Fire yes. Alchemist. He's got like a. He's really powerful unless it's raining or it's mildly wet, then he can't really do anything. Right, but he's got a transmutation circle on his glove that lets him PK fire people. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, Except he's not as annoying as Ness. <laughs> yeah. No. He's cool. And they have various friends in the army that are kind of their trustworthy you know, companions and whatnot. Especially the one guy, um, Colonel Hughes, I think, right? I don't think he's a colonel. I forget what his type, his rank is, but yeah, Hughes is his name. Yeah, he is just like this sort of super friendly guy in the army. He's got a family, you know, a wife and a daughter, and he just kind of sort of everyone else is focused on the boys and their alchemy. He's just like, you know what? These kids have had a messed up childhood. I'm going to sort of give them a taste of family life and be friends with them. Mm-hmm. And so he's very hot. Their family's very hospitable to the boys, and you know, the, he's he's kind of you know energetic and like pretty peppy and also there's another major character um because if we mentioned that out um that edward lost an arm and a leg in the deal and so he has had that his mm. arm and leg replaced by uh auto mail just basically like cyborg uh robot prosthetics prosthetics yeah. and his auto mail mechanic is a young girl about his age named winry yep and she's she they've got the they, they make Gaga eyes at each other from time to time. Her grandmother raised the boys after their mother died um, for a little bit, and then they started training to become alchemists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She's a character that recurs and is kind of important at times. Yeah. So, like, very close childhood friend of theirs. Um, and maybe more question mark? Winry's, par- Winry's parents died in the Ishvalan Civil War. Yep. As oh, yeah. They were doctors. Mm-hmm just out there to help save lives on both sides but mm-hmm. yeah they kind of got boys. caught in the crossfire so she also grew up orphaned more or yep. less yep we have so much in common yeah <laughs> you're an orphan we're an orphan um yeah so as time goes on they some of the more it's sort of episodic in the sense that they 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 have these different account encounters yeah. along the way early on in the show it's very episodic where they have uh they just go from like place incident to, to incident, mm-hmm. just kind of encountering different. They deal with sort of this of... weird cult 
in this one town, especially this girl who's like a devotee of this cult. Yeah. Where it turns out this guy is kind of a phony alchemist who is, uh, you know, trying to exert control over the people. He's a little too more powerful than he should be. So something is a little off about him. But they kind of, you know, show him up and then he gets taken away or whatever. Do they find out he hasn't? A philosopher's stone, or is it? They like... think he does. They okay. see this little red gemstone on a ring that he has, mm-hmm. and they under—they've heard rumors about this thing called the philosopher's stone. Mm-hmm. They don't know a lot about it. Nobody really knows a lot about it. I mean, they're kind in, of in real life alchemy. The philosopher's stone was supposed to grant eternal life and turn uh, other things into gold and stuff. So yeah, ridiculously, ridis- rid- ridiculously powerful. Yeah. It turns out the one he had was sort of a fake. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't like, as effective as a real one, but it... It, mm-hmm. it still had some it power still, to it. It still did some. Yeah, that it was, enhanced his otherwise it was like mediocre ability. Version. It was like the... Yeah, he, it enhanced his otherwise mediocre abilities. It was given to him by Lust, right? Yeah, so the yeah, homunculi so. that we mentioned earlier are all named after the seven, seven deadly sins. Yeah. So you have... Lust and greed are the main ones that, that you run no, no, into. No. Rust, lust and gluttony. Or like, gluttony. gluttony is like this tubby short guy who's her lackey kind of. Yep. Um, not very bright. Not, no. not terribly. And he just wants to eat things. Yep. Lust is kind of a seductress, as the name might imply. Also a shapeshifter. Um, greed. Envy is the shapeshifter. Oh, envy's the shapeshifter. Yeah, envy's yeah. the shapeshifter. Okay. Yeah. Um, Envy's kind of the, well, the third no, one they come Lusk across. Kind of shapeshift a little bit too. Or no, 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 no. no you're right. No, no, yeah, no. it's 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 uh, envy. Envy's a shape shape shifter. Greed is. Um, they meet him a little bit later. He's like running this underground uh, gang of homunculus mm-hmm. people. Well, or no, not homunculus, but like people chimera who have been chimera people. Sure, chimeras. Yeah. We're like fused with animal parts and have yeah. extra abilities. There's one episode stuff. where the boys come across this guy who who's made a chimera that can talk in the past and out and of his a, daughter. Well, he made well, one out of his wife and an animal, yeah. and then all he did it to his daughter. And to. that was messed up. That it was, was all kinds of messed like up. The third episode in it, it hits you with the hard oof. moral dilemma, and it's like, oof, that's rough. Yeah. Anyway, um. So yeah, agreed. Uh, his deal is he can sort of create this carbon sh- suit of armor around himself, so he's very difficult to defeat. Right. Um, it's not impossible, but very difficult. They, they use some clever outside the box thinking to defeat him. That they they have to do that for all the guys actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last one we meet in the show is Sloth, who's no 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 Sloth is what a pain. Right, right, right. The big uh, hulking, they, they meet him guy. a lot later in the show, though. Yeah, and he just is. I believe Pride is the last one. They Pride. Oh, they they officially t- t- Pride, right. and then um, well, Wrath is Wrath and Pride are two like they 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 they're connected. Yeah. Yes, they are. We'll get they're, to that. We'll get to that. we'll get to that. Uh, anyway, there, there's a seven deadly sins for you. Mm-hmm. So as time goes on they start to uncover more and more of like sort of this grand conspiracy and they're not really quite sure what it entails exactly, but they know it's somehow connected to their search for the philosopher's stone. Um, um, in er, earlier in the show, they, in researching the philosopher's stone, mm-hmm. uh, they discover that in order to make one as powerful as it is, you have 
to sacrifice human souls. Mm-hmm. That is where the Philosopher's Stone draws its power. Yep. It's, it's all part of the law of equivalent exchange, yep. which is kind of the, the governing principle of alchemy. Mm-hmm. Right. Something equal must be offered in order to change and forms. Turns out human souls are extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, so in sort of a, their friend Hughes is kind of digging into the fishy stuff going on in the government that I think might be connected. Um, and he gets murdered by one of the homunculi, but they don't know that. So it's sort of a tragic death. Everyone really feels the loss because he was kind of a great guy, even if he was a little annoying sometimes. Especially the boys who like kind of feel this duty now to kind of watch out and like avenge him and also look out for his family now that he's gone since he did a lot to try to, you know, help them sort of maintain their humanity. They they get the nickname Full Metal as sort of a joke because, uh, well, Edward is partially metallic with his prosthetics and then Alphonse is entirely made of metal now because he's trapped in a suit of armor. His soul is trapped in a suit of armor. Um, but like the guy sort of saw them in their humanity or Hughes saw them in their humanity and tried to give them sort of, you know, sort of a normal family experience to the extent he could. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's a pretty tragic loss. Um, and then as the show goes on, there's flashbacks and we learn more about what happened in the war and different things like that. Um, let's see. What's like the next big plot point. Well, they go, they talk to their old teacher about mm-hmm. the philosopher's stone and how to get um, Edward's or Alphonse's body back. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- she's a fun character. Um, they learn that she also, once upon a time, committed the, the great taboo. Which is trying, trying to, to make a human soul or a human body, yeah. Because she. Her baby died. Yeah. And she tried to recreate. She, she had her a miscarriage baby. or a stillborn child, and so she tried to bring it yeah. back, but that caused her, like, some of her internal organs, so she's constantly mm-hmm. coughing up blood throughout the series. Yep. Uh, Incredibly brazen, tough character, and her husband is, like, this massive, gentle giant guy who's kind of one of my favorite characters. What's um, that guy from The Emperor's New Groove? Kronk. Oh, Kronk. He's, no, 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 Pacha. No, not Kronk. Pacha. Pacha. Yeah, he reminds me of Pacha. A lot. Um, also, Colonel Armstrong, just ridiculously buff. <laughs> the, the strong arm. Uh, Super. Uh, uh, alchemist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's he's. Fun. Is he the same al- actor as, uh, voice actor as uh, All Might? In... That, I, yes, he is. Okay. okay. That, that does I knew I, I knew the voice sounded familiar. Um. At any rate, he, he's a. There's just a bunch of other side characters at the. Yeah, he's the he's they're police. they're kind of fun. Um, different alchemists and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so they sort of start to build the circle of people they feel like they can trust because they find out. I guess one of the big reveals is that the the homunculi all refer to this guy as father. Yeah, there's this one character they all call their their father, and he's calling all the shots. So mm-hmm. they got to discover who this guy is. And pulling the strings under the surface. Literally under the surface. Like he, He's like, living beneath the capital city of Amestris. Mm-hmm. So. And they, they have a run-in with him, and they realize he's just kind of crazy powerful. And they have a fight and lose, and different things happen. Um, what else? They also find out, the big reveal is that um, the Fuhrer, the leader of Amestris, is a homunculi himself. And his quote unquote son is also homunculus named Pride. So you have Pride and Wrath to round out the deadly sins. An- another character they the boys run into along the way though is this uh 
Jingyan prince named Lanfan. Right. So in this, Lanfan and, is the girl. Oh. Yeah, Lanfan's his his, his bodyguard. Uh, his name. Oh, is, you're right. Um, Ling. Ling. Yep. Ling. And then what's the little girl's name? May. May with her yeah. panda. So there's a couple characters from a from a far away, vaguely Chinese inspired country. They they want to find a philosopher's stone, I think, right, so they can right kind so, of win the dynasty battle to become the emperor. Because mm-hmm. that's how like succession works in their country. They have to sort of prove their like there's these big families and they have to prove their worth and ascend to the throne or whatever. But anyway, um, over the course of time, greed sort of falls. He's sort of a loose cannon among the Lunculi. He doesn't always listen to father. He's, he's out for himself as yeah. greed does. Yeah. So he's, father he's entirely self-serving. Yeah. Cause he's greed. So father sends wrath, the Fuhrer after him to kind of bring him in and sub, you know, make him toe the line, make him toe the line. And so he sort of remakes each of the Lunculi have at their center, a philosopher's stone. We find out. So, which allows them, gives them power. Yeah, their incredible power. They regenerate from basically as long as the Philosopher's Stone remains intact, they can regenerate from that. Um, so it brings brings greed in, and he's not listening. So he basically re- remakes greed using his Philosopher's Stone. He melts stone. him down, like dips him in a vat of molten whatever, and mm-hmm. pulls out his Philosopher's Stone. Yep, kind of gruesome. Yeah, and over the course of the sh- over the course of the show, long story short, Ling gets the guy's philosopher stone, and he's sort of fused with greed's philosopher stone, like controlling his body. But his he's still kind of a Jekyll and Hyde back and forth thing going on there. Right. Sometimes it's Ling in control. Sometimes it's greed. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they cooperate. A lot of the times they disagree. Greed through the show sort of makes a friend of my enemy of my enemy is my friend's sort of relationship with the uh, Elric's brothers. Um, also, um, he doesn't greed as a character doesn't like make relationships with humans. He sees them as his things mm-hmm, play things more or less like, yeah, but, yeah. His whole thing is he's greedy and he wants you know to own everything in the world. And so he's, and not be beholden to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so time and time again, they're, they sort of, have a common interest now and again with the guy um another thing too they realize is that this father guy looks kind of like their dad who shows back up and i guess we can just jump straight to this so years and years and years ago there was another country that has since been completely wiped out and we find out that the boy's father is actually ridiculously old and was from this country he was a slave in this place where there's like this weird creature in a bottle and um, he's like hey alchemy. yeah hey if you uh i'll teach you alchemy and do these different things and then uh, if you help me out um i can make you super powerful i can make you immortal so it's like okay interesting and so basically what happens is this entire t- country gets turned into a transmutation circle and this creature sucks everybody's soul up into this massive philosopher's stone and becomes ridiculously powerful. Um, and this this creature, his whole quest is to become God, basically, and rule over. This creature is the one they call Father. Mm-hmm. Right. The homunculi. And he kind of uses um, the Elric's father as a template 
to make himself a new body. He's like, oh, you're immortal now. You're welcome. Um, I, you know, gave you some power and souls. Like, oh, have fun. Do your thing. I'm going to, you know, keep going in my quest to, um, you know, become God. It's ridiculously powerful. And we find the boys find out that slowly father has been turning Emestris into a massive transmutation circle. Like even bigger than the first one. Yeah. The first one was just one city. Mm-hmm. This is like an entire continent, basically. Mm-hmm. And so he's planning to make another bigger philosopher's stone with the millions of people in this entire country. Um, and so the boys... And their father shows back up, and it turns out the reason why he left is because he was roaming around looking for different ways to try and stop father from enacting his plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they figure out how to make a reverse transmutation circle, and they they do all these different things with their allies and whatnot. And so along with Colonel Mustang and their friends in the army, they stage a coup to unseat Wrath, who is the Fuhrer, like the leader of the country. And uh, they get into a battle with the homunculi. Different crap goes down. Fights happen. Good people die. Bad people die. Um, and they end up in an, another final showdown with um, with father. Um, yeah. Uh, and it appears, I believe, doesn't... Well, it's like it was, a really trippy all hope is lost moment where he actually does complete the transmutation circle and starts making the mm-hmm. stone and stuff and uh edward goes back when, when, the, when they first did the forbidden uh, alchemy to try and create a human life uh both alphonse and edward had this kind of out-of-body experience where they met with this shadowy creature or like being mm-hmm. from like this this realm between living and dead like this white void and there's like a big door and they learn mm-hmm. the secrets to alchemy it's like imprinted on their soul now or something yep so they they had that experience and that's why they're like naturally and in this weird in between world edward saw alphonse's body right because they had he had another one of those experiences midway through the series yeah too. sort of emaciated looking but evidently still alive so they found out his body wasn't disintegrated it was just sort of sucked up into this world. So they're like, okay, if we make another exchange, we could get Alphonse's body back. Right. But I think he – doesn't he have, like, that kind of experience at the end of the show when he – Yeah. When when the, the Philosopher's Stone's being created and all the blood's yeah. being sucked up or whatever. So basically, uh, Edward talks to this uh, – talks to this weird light creature. Um, and he's like, you know what? Okay, make me powerful – I can defeat father, set things right, and then can we get Alphonse's body back? Um, he's like, yeah, but what are you going to exchange? He's like, yeah, I'll give up my alchemy, my ability to, to do alchemy to get Alphonse's body back. And so Edward gets Super Saiyan and defeats father along with the their boy, the boy's father and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, they they defeat father, and then there's like this reverse transmutation circle they made to counteract the, you know, father's plan and whatnot, and it's successful. They defeat him, and all the homunculi are destroyed, and they, they basically free the country. Up to this point, basically, but what's that? Like all the homunculus. Yeah, along the way yeah. in the final battle, the homunculus had all been defeated and whatnot. So, 
it's revealed to us that the homunculi are sort of pieces of fathers he takes part of his nature out to create them Mm -hmm. he was trying to remove these deadly qualities from himself to make himself perfect Mm -hmm. that was the whole goal of like separating lust out of himself greed out of himself envy etc but ultimately it's like he sort of threw away anything that made him sort of human Mm -hmm. so and it turns out these these human souls aren't all they're not happy about being trapped in this guy and having their life force used to as power and so that's kind of partially like sort of sentient Mm -hmm. and hohenheim who's the boy's father like he also has some souls at his disposal more or less he has a philosopher's stone mm-hmm. but he and like he like, he knows all of their names and like he has actually communicated with them and tries to learn about them and right they, they lend their power to him in the final battle to help him defeat father mm-hmm. yeah instead of you know taking it from them by force the way father does yeah after they defeat father edward gets sucked back up into the in-between world again and he gives up his alchemy ability to do alchemy in order for uh, Alphonse to get his body back, mm-hmm. which works. Um, yeah, and they basically live happily happily ever after. Ed, Edward and Winf- Winry are basically implied to like, all right, let's get married, yeah. <laughs> um, and they're going to travel the world and try to come up with new ways to do alchemy. Because um, the well, they the discover Shingies have a different way of doing alchemy that isn't yeah. alchemy right. they call so, it alkahestry mm-hmm. instead of like i forget what the exact there's like they have to feel the dragon's pulse or something like that yeah uh, well like, and then the other thing too they like father had been building these networks and crap under the town ta- under the city and he's also been doing this thing to sort of block the she of the uh of the ground i believe something like that. i forget Anyway, so it's crazy implied, stuff. Th- there's more work to be done at the end. To of the sort of series. create, like, as it's implied that the alchemy. Oh, and then Scar shows up and helps fight Homunculi and sort of right. has a redemption arc of his own and stuff like that. Uh, sort of forgot about him, but like it's implied that the the alchemy that the people in Amestris have been doing is sort of incomplete and sort of not like a full use of it. Right, that um, it came from uh, Father, mm-hmm. and that when he wanted them to not do alchemy to fight him he could just nullify it yep um now let's see how did they get around that again i think it was through i think it was through the like she and like yeah. using a slightly different waveform of energy or something like that i forget but anyway anyway the end they 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 defeat father restore balance in the force and <laughs> go off in search of new ways of doing alchemy that are to help humanity instead of bring destruction that that's a very general overview yeah very general there's different character moments that happen like how many episodes in this show 60 <sighs> something 64 or 5 uh, so it's longish a, a lot goes on it's in medium too it's medium, decidedly yeah. medium yeah and it has a definite end point too like the, the series has since concluded mm-hmm Yeah, I guess another point to get back to the Elric brothers, who are the main characters. 
Edward has sort of is short and has stunted growth. And we find out that because of weird things that happened when they did the transmutation thing, he, he, his body is providing Alphonse's body in the in-between world with life force to continue staying alive, even though kind of emaciated and barely alive. Um, so that's why he's kind of stunted and short. But over the course of the, the story, Alphonse and Edward are very much like, um, you know, that the main thing that drives them is like their love for each other and their desire to sort of restore one another back to their normal bodily forms and like undo the horrible thing that they did to try to bring their mother back. Which they, it, later in the show, they discover that it probably wasn't actually their mother. Right, it was they, just something yeah. that looked like a human. When people die, they die and there's no It's a weird sort of homunculus creature that they need a philosopher's stone to bring life to. And then like father uses an army of these creatures to... Like, that's the reason why it's not allowed is because they create these sort of inhuman creatures. Right. So they weren't even doing it right. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they weren't even going to do what they wanted set out to do in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a couple, like, there's a couple really good episodes with um, with Alphonse where uh, he's not sure that he's him. Uh-huh. If, he he's like maybe I'm just an armor that a suit of armor that thinks he's Alphonse. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have this kind of he has this existential crisis about what what's the nature of a soul? Why what, what am I? What I am? I think one of the homunculi sort of plants that seed. No, in no, him. No, I don't think it was a homunculus. Or no, it was another it, armor guy. Because there was like the oh the, yeah, the, there, there's in, like this these weird ungodly the conspiracy chopper. of things. Yeah, there was like this um, prison where prison alchemy, laboratory. Yeah, this prison mm-hmm. lab where. Uh, alchemists were performing these unholy experience experiments trying to create a philosopher's stone right and so there's a couple of crazy murderous guys that were in this prison that they used to make a philosopher's stone and then transfer their bodies into armor suits of armor mm-hmm. so you got this one guy uh the, the butcher guy who's just like this creepy suit of armor guy who shows up from time to time mm-hmm. uh, and there's there was another one in, in that episode too so there, and and I think it's the butcher who puts it in Alphonse's mind that maybe you aren't what they say you are. Yeah, he's like sort of a psycho. <sighs> yeah, so that's where that came from. So there's there's a there's some like really good exploration of like philosophical. Yeah, it's very topics. deep philosophical ethical questions raised, and it sort of echoes a lot of the sort of ethical science, sort of secular humanist scientism that took root in the 20th century a lot of crazy you know experiments and messing around with like human beings genetics research and then um you know psychology and different things that are happening i guess those notes sort of came to me as i was watching the show like these different crazy experiments like the japanese would perform on war prisoners and different things like that you know the holocaust and things like that so sort of one video I watched that analyzed is sort of, it's it sort they framed it as sort of a commentary, a kind of a commentary on faith and reason, somewhat, um, and and like reason being coupled or well, religion and science I guess would be more accurate. Um, so they show like science when unbridled can re- result in like these horrible atrocities against humanity, um, and then like. The the only evidence they showed for the like the religion side of it when it gets unbridled is sort of like the fanaticism of this cult they come across in the first few episodes. 
Then there's also the the religion of Ishval that made them kind of yeah th- somewhat confrontationally warlike. Yeah, uh, they, they, it's vaguely a Middle Eastern inspired country. It's, yeah, so there's kind of that going on. And the boys are kind of decidedly atheistic, or at least Edward is. Um, they're like, yeah, I don't know. I just you know I just do alchemy and that's what I know. I trust science and things like that. But over the course of the show, they're like, okay. It, there's some things like there's this episode too where they help, they help this, this family where this lady gives birth to a baby and they're just like okay, yeah maybe there's more to life, maybe there's more than just science here like you can't, you can't really transmute a the, human soul, right and yet it comes from nothing in this particular case. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like the that, that was a really neat. It was like a uh like non-plot fillery episode but it really it, it explored the theme the main yeah. theme. yeah um, I would, it's a non-plot uh, episode it's but another it's point not the video a made too is like episode. so, so yeah, it goes yeah. from like there's the fanaticism side of religion and then there's like the horrible atrocities of science and at the end of the movie they're like okay we need to find a way that keeps everything in balance you know between you know the supernatural and the natural so instead of to prevent these sort of atrocities from happening and also do new things to make people's lives better. Cause you can also use alchemy to like heal people and do different good things for the world. Um, but it can also be used for great evil. So, right. So with, uh... I, th- I thought that video had a good analysis of it, of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I guess we can get into the, I guess what are some highlights of the show for you guys before we get into the transcendental analysis? The Miracle of Birth episode was definitely one of mine. That, mm-hmm. that was a good one. It's just, it is kind of abrupt and interrupts the plot, but it is so very on point in terms of what the show is ultimately about mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it it's it's just great. Yeah. It, it gives Edward and alphonse this chance to be human for a second Mm -hmm. and just like care for someone else in this potentially dangerous activity you know childbirth wasn't a a surefire thing in those days yep so and it's interesting like even though uh edward is like sort of this spunky chip on his shoulder pretty aggressive dude every now and again his softer side comes out and he's sort of in awe of like the miracle of, of nature child, of nature and, but the, like the miracle of childbirth and life and things yeah. like that um especially that was, in that, that episode was, that was a really cool uh episode for him yeah mm-hmm. and then like it's interesting to see uh winry isn't terribly involved in a lot of the stuff that goes on in the show mm-hmm. but whenever she shows up she she gives him a good talking to for breaking his auto mail mm-hmm. but she's like this great supporting role that yeah. If, if only for her sake, they want to come back in one piece. Mm-hmm. You know, next time we, we we see you, I'm gonna I'm gonna have my brother's body back. I tell you what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like they have they have a solid support group. Yeah. And even after um, uh, the the police guy uh, dies. Mm-hmm. Hughes. Hughes. After Hughes dies, Hughes. they they go back and visit his family. Winry kind of shows up at and takes care of their family from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh. Which I suppose we're getting into the goodness part. Yeah. It's like, there's just a, a lot of really solid characters that feel like they have they have depth to them. Mm-hmm. I really appreciated 
the world building in the show and like it sort of sets up the rules of the world and then explores them and reveals new things about them but it's kind of the the primo example of hard magic systems Mm -hmm. for those Uh, who might not be familiar a hard magic system is like one in which there are pretty well-defined limitations and capacities of the power of the world Mm -hmm. contrasted to a soft magic system where it's like lord of the rings magic is Mm -hmm. a soft magic system in lord of the rings where you know gandalf never says oh i can't do this because i lack the sufficient magic power or whatever like Mm -hmm. you know it's very loose so Mm -hmm. but the way the thing that makes hard magic systems cool is they they set up the rules right away and then the growth of the character is sort of built around understanding their own limitations mm-hmm. in light of the you know the fact of the world yeah right and it's interesting how often in they'll come to an insurmountable challenge and they'll have to like think outside the box with their yeah. uh, with the rules and limitations they have in order to overcome this yeah you know crazy juggernaut who just won't stop and keeps digging and they're like we got to stop sloth mhm um yeah and so, so some of the growth of the characters too is like they have sort of this confidence like every once in a while i kind of get the feel that like okay we're pretty we're pretty naturally gifted at this like you know what all can we learn but they're constantly like yeah forced to reckon with their limitations and it gets to the point where the two brothers completely understand their roles like in relationship in terms of like fighting the guys and like mm-hmm. to, to the point where um Al- alphonse like he he he's very much the younger brother he is but he's he, sort of which the is heart because he's like the huge guy yeah he's the heart and the muscle and edward is sort of the brains and the and the fierceness right so oh, earlier in the show they kind of clash about but i want to be involved in this or that mm-hmm. but at the end of the by the end of the show they have this real teamwork where where alphonse volunteers to do this his sort of complimentary brotherly so, complimentary yeah, yeah so, so i thought that's cool <sighs> yeah um, I guess one thing that I also want to touch on that I don't think really fits into the transcendental, transcendental categories is the motif of the eye. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So there's like uh, the portal that leads to the you know this the the dimension the white you know in between dimension thing that is accessed by this eye shaped portal and it's mm-hmm. not even just the shape it like looks like an eye. Yeah, more was like it the eye, eye of eye, truth? But, I believe is what yeah, they call the it. eye of truth is what they call it. Yeah, but and um, pride is kind of composed of a bunch of small eyes that right. kind of his, his power work is, around like in these, the shadows. Also, shadow gluttony tendrils. is one giant eye of truth that sucks up everything. Oh yeah, and they get stuck. It was like a synthetic a eye of truth. It's not yeah. a real one that mm-hmm. Father tried to create yep. through gluttony, mm-hmm. but. His because he was trying the, to the access dimension. this in-between world and sort of take on the uh, the strange being they find in there, who is sort of implied to be quote unquote God. Weird stuff. It's sort of it's ambiguous. kind of unclear. But yeah, yeah. It, it's certainly like this being knows everything. Uh huh. And the, the sort of the eye is the pathway to knowledge. Yeah. You. You see that in well, Aristotle. I think, well, and then like at the big climactic thing at the end where Edward is 
talking to this being and he's like yeah i'll give up my alchemy in order to have his brother's body back and the the, the guys the being is like all right you get it like um i'm trying to think what was like the big thing there where he's and then like it's also sort of the reckoning when to defeat father they kick his sort of like his base form which is like this shadowy creature who is he's sort of shadow version of the light creature who banishes him to the void or whatever he's like you're greed in trying to become god and things like that you are sucking up life and like just just uh destroying the balance of the universe um instead of like obeying its rules or something as your has been Mm -hmm. your downfall or something like that but edward has understanding He, he understands the law of equivalent exchange yeah he must give something up in order to to succeed yeah and father his whole flaw is like he's trying to not take, take. Up. no take only throw yeah <laughs> but in order to become god he opens this like gigantic eye of truth it's like as long as the planet yeah you know, it's enormous so and eats the moon sort of yeah oh, funny how all these shows are about gigantic and stealing the moon and yeah yeah is uh <laughs> my favorite anime is despicable me yeah <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna make a despicable me joke too i'm going to steal the moon <laughs> that's the only despicable me movie yeah. worth watching anyway it's the first one but the first one anyway second one's okay anyway we're not, not talking doing about an episode on so i guess yeah we can get into the transcendentals there's a whole lot to unpack in this show oh yeah but what are some truths we as catholics can draw from it like human souls, human life the in, is inestimable value of human life in the human it's soul. It's valuable. It's it's it not, can't be quantified. It's not to be wasted. It's not to be manipulated. It's just it should be respected and yeah. Science can't encapsulate or explain the supernatural or manipulate the supernatural. Yeah, and sort of people's in people's it, it can it can help you access it. Like yeah. It's clearly shown that alchemy is sort of a way to reach the 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 dimension of truth. Mm-hmm. But it it is a means of access rather than the sum total of yeah. what what there is. Which and, sort of mirrors the classical understanding of science, because you know the scientists of you know the you know Middle Ages and then the Enlightenment. Uh, 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 a lot of them were like Catholic priests and people who are trying to better understand the universe, so so better understand God, who is truth Himself. So that is sort of reflected in like in that, that aspect of the show. But when you start to do science things for the sake of science itself, with mm-hmm. no respect for anything else, you end up making some pretty messed up stuff. You sin against nature and you sin against humanity and you sin against God. You create all sorts of nasty things like in the show sucking up an entire country to create philosopher's stones and or using your daughter and a dog to make a talking looking for the sake of science for chimeras it's gross it just was awful but awful. yeah like really well put together even though but, this show is sort of fantasy it's sort of rooted in real human depravity yeah. in terms of like the excesses of scientism mm-hmm. i'd say this this show is kind of a commentary on so yeah uh treat human life with respect that's like the main takeaway of this show science is good when used for its proper ends 
but you can't you, there has to be some sort of morality ruling over it in order for it not to go too far um because then you end up with homunculi and chimeras where which raise real weird ethical questions like is what is the human is there any humanity here what mm -hmm. what is mm -hmm. the do they ha have an eternal soul and different things like that it's just like it's crazy stuff the other big theme in the show is the law of equivalent exchange. Yes. Where, like, you can't get something from nothing. Which is one of the laws of thermodynamics as well. Right, right. So, it, like, a human soul, you can't just get that from nothing. You've got to right. give something. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the main give villain... You have to give life to make life, I guess. Right. So, uh, Father, the, the main villain, uh, was entirely dedicated to not giving anything up. To the only one taking right but at the end of the show you've got al or edward who makes a sacrifice mm -hmm. who makes an exchange to save his brother for somebody else and, and this the thing he gives up is sort of very dear to him it, it is what makes him who he is he is an alchemist that's he's sort of a talented him. alchemist yeah but beyond that there isn't much that he's good at or can do so mm -hmm. And also there's kind of that thing going on with, with Scar, yeah. where his brother sacrifices himself to try and save his country and his family, and he dies in the, he gets mortally wounded in the process. And in order to save Scar, his brother like alchem alchemically removed his own arm and transposed it onto his brother mm -hmm. that's how he has like literally sacrificed his body to save his brother's life and i think he, he also gave him the the creation arm on the other side he just doesn't mm -hmm. use it yep uh until the final battle mm -hmm. so like you've got this brother you've got this brother sacrificing his own body something of himself to save his brother and scar sort of learns that you know in his quest for vengeance he learns like you know this isn't even what he's doing, even though he claims to be pursuing justice by, you know, killing one by one these alchemists who are responsible for atrocities of their own. He's like, okay, you can't achieve peace and balance by destroying. You also must create and give to the world um, things as well. So that's that's kind of his arc, more or less. Yeah, destruction is part of nature, but so is growth, so is rebuilding. So is creation. Balance. Yeah. Which is a lesson the boys learn when their teacher sends them off to an island. Right, when they're first... That's when they're first learning alchemy, right? Yep, yeah. Because they have to... They learn they have to... Uh, Participate you know, in the cycle of the world in order to understand right. it more In fully. order to survive, it's they all connected. need to decide to like hunt and kill other animals and take their mm -hmm. life force, essentially, to, to, to sustain themselves. Mm -hmm. There's this, this the circle of life. Yeah. That's just whole thing going on yep <sighs> so, um a lot of like really neat profound themes mm -hmm. i'd say the other big kind of interpersonal theme is that of trust yeah you know, yeah edward and elric learning to trust each other to trust in authority because they had kind of been a very independent pair forever especially mm -hmm. elric and uh, edward like he's Even when that trust and authority is a, uh, is sort of broken, when they find out that the very leader of their country is a homunculi, he was part of like the conspiracy to destroy their entire country. They still have people 
their friends who are the good people they can rely upon. Right. So you've got uh, to teach Mustang them and as well and as help crew them. who are like solid justice, Spe- especially Lieutenant Hawkeye, who mm-hmm. oh, yeah. he really has to trust, and she has to learn to trust him with like the secrets of flame alchemy that her dad sort mm-hmm. of inscribed on her back. Mm-hmm. So. Right. And which was also one of the things that caused he, um, Mustang was involved with the uh, with the war, yeah. with the war with Ishval, and the the flame alchemy was made a big mess down there. So yeah, the, 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 she they have to learn to trust each other with the, that that knowledge, that that uh, power. With great power comes great responsibility. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> I guess any other truths we want to dig uh, dig into. We kind of covered a lot of the goodness with the things we liked about the show. Yeah. Um, the, the, what are some other things we haven't covered yet? It's well written. <laughs> Maybe that goes more into the beauty. We'll get into that yeah. next. But I guess if there's nothing else really with yeah, goodness. A lot of the goodness is that relationship between the brothers. Yeah. Their, their relationships with everyone else. The like redemption the, of the different characters in their own right. way. Scar's redemption. Uh, the sacrifice of all their friends and everyone to like sort of contribute to try to help save the country. Right. And at the end, um, Ling, doesn't he, he give up power? He to... gives up the Philosopher's Stone and greed, yeah. Right. And so, and it's implied he's not the one that gets the throne afterwards so essentially he gave up the throne but he did sort of redeem his family right he he, he, he gained honor for his family and the the girl who was the rival for the throne like mm-hmm. remembered that and so yeah. she's gonna honor that yeah uh, so there's just a lot of characters ahead of him. and also another aspect too is like there's sort of a reconciliation between ishval and amestris and sort of rebuilding uh likes to sort of pledge to rebuild like the uh Mustang and all these people pledge to devote their lives to rebuilding Ishval and kind of undoing the harm that they had done. Yeah, making up for the the mistakes of the past war. Effectively genocide they committed against their people. Right, which this genocide was orchestrated because they the the Philosopher's Stone and Father's Plan, so it's Mm -hmm. all part of this huge picture. Yeah. Um, Yeah, beauty. Well-animated show. Oh, yes. Well-written. Great characters. Um, it's it's kind of beautiful in its realness. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very it's, grounded it's, it, for a fantasy, right? I mean, it gets downright grungy and uncomfortable. It's grounded in its humanity, the humanity but, it captures. I think. Right. It's also not especially fantastic in its architecture. No. Or it's um, I guess the some of the forms of alchemy are a little more flashy, but. Mm-hmm. Usually they're just kind of rearranging concrete, so mm-hmm. they're right. they're practical within the con the con- confines of the world. As there, it were, there's some really fun, really well animated fight scenes, though. Oh yeah, I I all oh my gosh the the one where Colonel Mustang is incinerating Lust. Oh, oh yeah, that's just one just of like my favorite satisfying mm-hmm. moments. He is just absolutely going ham because Lust was the one who murdered. A bunch of people. So, yeah, she Well, can Hughes kind of... especially. She um, murdered Maze Hughes specifically. Yeah. 
And that's what he was just enraged about. Mm -hmm. And she's about regenerating as fast as he can burn her. So he's just absolutely going to town. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're kind of locked in a stalemate while the other people are kind of escaping this area. And I think... Yeah, he, you he, can destroy philosopher's stones, and I believe he does with her. Right. Just his rage allows him to overcome to just put she more had, fl- fire out that she can. Must handle. have very nearly killed Lieutenant Hawkeye in that encounter too. I mm-hmm. believe. Right. And she's so like, "Hey, check yourself." Part defending her. You don't want to lose your. Friend. You don't want to lose your humanity in this quest for vengeance here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Unity. It's all connected, the whole show. It's like it always really has been. Well thought out always has been. Written show. Yeah, but like you know, the order, the, the sort of uniting principle, like the part reveals the whole. Like everything is connected in like a massive cycle. Right. All, all the, the like concepts of alchemy and science that they use, like the really law of equivalence, dic- exchange. Everything must exist in balance. Right. Uh, they all dictate the direction and the tone of the story. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's very centered on this idea of alchemy and the central mechanics and systems there. And mm-hmm. Another thing too, I guess, um, Hohenheim, who's the boy's father, also kind of gives up his immortality, so he can die and be reunited with his wife, the boy's mother, who he truly, genuinely did love. Like, there's sort of some tension between him and them, because like they don't understand why he left their family, and then their mother died while he was gone. And he didn't even come back for the funeral, that type of thing. So there's some conflict there. But um, he's sort of, in giving up this unnaturally gained immortality, he regains his humanity and uh, sort of has his own redemption in a way. Because, like, living forever is pointless if you don't have something to live for. Mm-hmm. A family to love. And his the boy's mother kind of taught him that. Right. Because he'd lived for, like, 100 years or whatever at that point. And he finally learned, and like he didn't age because you know immortality and whatnot, but yeah. or obscenely long life, however you want to look at it. But yeah, yeah, good stuff. Can recommend. Yes, um, I mean the majority of things we talk about, we feel like we can recommend. But we talk about them because we recommend them. Yeah, Although, this is our recommendation. With this particular show is kind of a weird caveat because we're specifically talking about Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah, right. There, there was there is Full Metal Alchemist, just plain Full Metal Alchemist. Don't was watch written. the live action version. Don't co- don't do that to yourself. Just don't. Just full me- just Brotherhood. Plain Full Metal Alchemist was written um, several years before that, and it was kind of coming out contemporaneously with the manga. Mm-hmm. So they they kind of got ahead of the manga and didn't know where to take the plot. So they came up with their own ending. Mm-hmm. which is good in its own right but it is very different than the way it ends in brotherhood which and is bro- you yeah. know which faithful to what yeah, considerably later. later yeah and after the manga had ended so they knew the ending so they mm-hmm. and it was a much so more they, st- fitting so they stuck ending. with it oh i don't know how the other show ended i didn't watch it it's very different it it works but it's very different mm-hmm. so I would recommend that you watch Brotherhood first, and then, if you want, like, it basically follows the same plot up until it doesn't, so. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same animation studio and whatnot, too, right? I believe so. Yeah. 
which is kind of interesting. But yeah, um, finally covered it. This was sort of uh, the part of the podcast origin story was this show, so kind of near and dear to us. Um, subscribe, or no, well, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, because I'm, I'm doing the posting things now, so keep your eye out. Um, I kind of like that a little bit I did this week. Uh, uh, f- you can follow us on Spotify and listen. Yeah, Spotify, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can email us with your questions, comments, concerns, or complaints at palladianpapist at gmail.com. Um, if you have any suggestions for new episodes, hit us up. We'd love to cover something if you think it would kind of fit with our shtick. Um, yeah, we appreciate you listening. Tell your friends. Tell them to tell their friends. And uh, yeah, we will catch you in the next episode. Farewell. Bye. See ya.